Blue Shirts fans to episode number 55 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I am your host, John Chick. The Rangers going to be back in action tonight at Madison Square Garden against the New Jersey Devils at 7 p.m. Rangers, of course, going to be looking for their second consecutive win after a great performance against the Colorado Avalanche and a successful debut from Igor Shosturkin in net. The Rangers fell behind 2 to nothing in that game very early. They hung in there. Shosturkin hung in there. The Rangers came storming back, and they held the Avalanche off late. No easy task against a team that can score as many goals as the Avs can. So just a great win for the Rangers and hoping that they build on that tonight against the Devils. And we're going to talk a little bit about that game in just a minute. But first, this is going to be a little bit of a catch-up episode. There have been a couple of things that I've been meaning to get to, and we do have some news hot off the presses here, and that is that Ryan Lindgren will not be suspended for his hit against Jonas Donskoy of the Avalanche the other night. And I'm just going to go ahead and read you the statement from the Department of Player Safety. After thoroughly reviewing all available video and following a telephone hearing today, the Department of Player Safety has determined that there will be no supplemental discipline assessed to New York Rangers' Ryan Lindgren for his hit against Colorado's Jonas Donskoy. While there was significant head contact on this play, Lindgren took a proper angle of approach, did not extend outward or upward, and hit through Donskoy's core. Therefore, under Rule 48.1, the head contact was determined to be unavoidable. And... That's a long way of saying that they just didn't know for sure whether there was actual intent there. I, I think. I mean, that's my own interpretation of this. And it's one of those things where anytime there's a hit like this, I tend to give these guys the benefit of the doubt. I've talked about that before on here. Unless somebody just egregiously and maliciously targets someone's head, it's very difficult to prove intent. And, you know, the action is moving so fast out there. And I'm sure it's possible to miss your target. You know, Lindgren may have been looking to drive a shoulder into Donskoy's chest and, and just aimed a little too high. And, you know, these things do happen. But it really could have gone either way. You know, we've seen worse things than what Lindgren did not get penalized by the league. And we've seen things that maybe aren't quite as bad as what Lindgren did. And they do get penalized by the league. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying that to, to bash the league or anything like that, because I do think that it's a challenging process if, if you're the people in charge of these decisions and you have to decide whether somebody's getting fined or not, because no two hits are going to be exactly the same. It's very much a case-by-case -case basis, and as far as lingering goes here, I think they just probably felt like there just wasn't enough to suspend him because, again, you know, it's very, very difficult to prove intent. And I certainly don't think that Lindgren is a dirty player or anything like that. We've seen nothing to suggest that to this point. But he is a hard-nosed physical defenseman, and this is what he's looking to do out there. He's looking to throw his weight around a little bit. And that's what the Rangers were hoping for when they called him up to the NHL. You know, they wanted this style of play, and on that front, Lindgren has delivered. And so far, you know, I, I think it's been a pretty solid rookie campaign for Lindgren. Like a lot of the Ranger defensemen, you know, he's still a work in progress, but I like what I've seen so far, and I think, uh, you know, the pairing with him and Adam Fox is, is really kind of taken off a little bit for the Rangers. I mean, for my money, I know that in 
theory, they're the third pairing of defensemen on the Rangers, but I mean, has either of the other two pairings outperformed these guys significantly or even outperformed them at all? And you could make the argument that, you know, going forward, these might be the two guys that are, that truly become fixtures on the Ranger blue line for a long time going forward. Mark Stahl is going to be a free agent after next season. Brady Shea, you know, a little bit up and down. He's got the big contract. Uh, we'll see what happens with him. Liber Hayek, he could become a good defenseman, but the book's still out. Tony D'Angelo is only on the one-year contract. It'll be interesting to see how the Rangers go about attempting to keep him in the fold next season. If they go that route at all, he could also be a trade candidate. So, yeah, you know, I just think that these two guys, they're they're the guys that are going to be around for a long time. And the Rangers, that could be a top defense pairing for a lot of years going forward. But as far as the hit goes, it really could have gone either way, whether or not the NHL suspended him. And suspension or no suspension, I, I don't think you can really go crazy on this one. Had they leveled, you know, a one or two game suspension, I wouldn't have been able to come on here and bash the NHL or anything like that. So looks like the NHL just kind of erred on the side of not issuing a suspension here. Again, it's a little bit of a coin toss in these situations. But Lindgren, for this time, at least going to avoid sanctions from the NHL. One other thing I wanted to talk about was the selection of both Igor Shesterkin and Joey Keane to the 2020 AHL All-Star Classic. Big congratulations to both of those guys. You guys already know about Shesterkin, but again, let me give you his AHL stats one more time. They truly are a sight to behold. He was 15-4-3 and with a 9.32 save percentage, three shutouts, and a 1.93 goals against average. Just insane. It's not any wonder why he's looked at as such a top prospect for the Rangers and why he has now made his debut for the Rangers. Shesterkin, obviously not going to play in that All-Star game, but that's a good problem for him to have. I'm, I'm sure he's just fine missing what is essentially a meaningless exhibition to play in the NHL instead. But we also have to give a big congratulations to Joey Keane. Keane is a 20-year-old defenseman for the Hartford Wolfpack, and he makes the All-Star team there. He has six goals and 15 assists in 35 games. Keene was selected by the Rangers in the third round of the 2018 NHL Draft, going number 88 overall. And if the Rangers find themselves in a situation where they need to call up another defenseman to the NHL, it's very possible that Keene would be the guy. But there's no reason to force it. You know, the Rangers have a young group of defensemen, and they're committed to giving a lot of these guys some run at the NHL level. But you never know what can happen. Tony D'Angelo is a free agent at the end of the season. We don't know how that's going to go. And D'Angelo and the Rangers really went through a contentious uh, negotiating period this past offseason. He's, of course, just on the one-year deal. And then you've got Mark Stahl. He's a free agent after next season, as we said. So there could be some opportunities opening up for Keene in the near future. And certainly, I don't want to see anyone on the Rangers get hurt. But if that happens, it's very possible that that Keene would be the guy to get the call and we could see what he could do at the NHL level. But again, Keene's just 20 years old. There's no reason to force the call-up. But if the injury bug bites and or if the Rangers fall out of the postseason race, then it seems entirely possible that, you know, the Rangers could call him up before the end of this season. And and we'll get our first glimpse at Joey Keene at the NHL level. Uh, They have certainly not been shy about letting the kids play, and that probably applies for Keene as well. So, again, a big congratulations for Joey Keene. And in all likelihood, probably the next man up for the Rangers blue line if they need to make a move at some point this season. And speaking of Ranger defenseman, Liber Hayek still out of the lineup with a knee injury, but it does sound like Coach Quinn is optimistic that Hayek is nearing a return. He will not be available for tonight's game against the Devils. 
But we will look forward to getting him back on the ice for the Rangers. And it's possible, you know, we'll see how the Rangers play this because they got some options here. They've got, you know, the six healthy defensemen right now. And there was a little bit of a rotation as far as guys being healthy scratches because they had seven defensemen and you're only going to dress six on any given night. And so, you know, we saw Mark Stahl as a healthy scratch. I believe Brady Shea was a healthy scratch for a game or two. And Ryan Lindgren was even a healthy scratch once or twice. So they had a little bit of a revolving door there as far as who was in the lineup and who was out of the lineup. But with Hayek coming back, it's entirely possible that maybe they send him back to the minors to kind of just ease him back into game action. That would not surprise me at all. He's a very young, he's just 21 years old. He's an inexperienced player. And I just get the feeling that, you know, you miss some time with a knee injury. They want to work you back in gradually and not just throw you back out there on the ice. So I could very easily see, you know, when Hayek is healthy, him being assigned to the Wolfpack and just kind of get him get him rolling again and then let him kind of earn his way back up onto the team. Once he shows that he's healthy, I, I believe the Rangers would once again promote him to the Rangers. We would obviously keep an eye on that. But yeah, that's always a very fluid situation there when the Rangers have the seven healthy defensemen because there's always going to be one odd man out. But I think it's a good thing overall because obviously it keeps guys on their toes. It keeps them kind of fighting for playing time. You got to bring it every night because if Quinn doesn't like what he's seeing from you, he's already shown he's not shy about healthy scratching anybody. You know, we've seen Mark Stahl and Brady Shea out of the lineup at times. And, you know, they're kind of two of the elder statesmen, certainly, certainly Stahl and also Shea to a lesser extent. So, yeah, I mean, you got to earn your playing time on this team. And that's one thing that the coach Quinn has done up and down the lineup. And it's a good thing. Nothing should be given, and you got to earn your time on the ice. But yeah, definitely good to see that Hayek is nearing a return. You know, he's another one of those Ranger defensemen. that He's had his moments, both good and bad, this season, and we'll see what we get when he comes back. Like I said, would not surprise me at all if he starts in Hartford and then works his way back to the Rangers. This is also a good time for your daily reminder to vote for Mika. Let's get Mika Zibanejad into the All-Star game as one of the last men in. He, of course, is up for the nomination in the Metropolitan Division, and I've already stated my case for Zibanejad on this show. I think if you take away the 13 games that he missed due to injury, if you put him on the ice for those 13 games, then clearly Zibanejad would already be an All-Star. He wouldn't even have to worry about this last man in vote. Uh, his stats would just be off the charts. They're fantastic as they are. Even with the 13 games that he missed, he's got all these guys beat across the board, basically. The only player that he's up against that has more points than he does is Tevu Teravainen, who has 8 goals and 33 assists. Mika Zibanejad, however, 17 goals and 16 assists. And, you know, I realize the injuries are part of the game, but if Mika's out there for even half those games, he's got all these guys beat by a pretty wide margin. So let's get Mika Zibanejad to the All-Star game. He's clearly deserving of it. But I, what I thought might also be fun here is I'm looking at the other three divisions, and I just wanted to let you guys know who I'm voting for, for the last men in for all of those divisions as well, and just kind of state my case for each guy. So we'll go through this quick. I mean, I know it's kind of, we're kind of straying away from the Rangers a little bit here, but this is a lot of fun. You know, they put the uh, the power in the hands of the fans, and the fans get to choose which player they want to see in the All-Star game. So it really is a cool thing that the NHL does here. And we'll start with the Atlantic division. You've got Patrice Bergeron, Rasmus Dahlin, Dylan Larkin, Alexander Barkov, Max Domi, Jean Cabriel Pajot, Steven Stamkos, and Mitch Marner are the nominees. And I'm going with Alexander Barkov. Barkov has 13 goals and 32 assists this season, but with him, it's more 
than just a point. You know, he's a very physical presence, a physical forward. He gives you a lot on both sides of the rink, and he's one of those guys that just has a really strong all-around game. I mean, he really does do a little bit of everything for the Florida Panthers, and there was a player poll not that long ago, earlier this season, and I don't remember exactly how many players voted in it, but Barkov was chosen as the most underrated player in the game, and that's probably fairly accurate, and these player polls are always interesting because these guys really do know what goes on out there, and and they know what they're talking about when it comes to the topic of an underrated player because, you know, Barkov, it's the Florida Panthers. They certainly don't get as much attention as a lot of other teams, but Barkov very quietly has been a force for them for a number of years. So shifting over to the Central Division, you've got Jonathan Taze, Kale McCarr, Jamie Benn, Ryan Suter, Matt Duchesne, David Perron, and Patrick Lane. And my pick is David Perron. I just think he's a winning player. He was a big part of what the St. Louis Blues did last season, winning the Stanley Cup championship. And he actually went to the Stanley Cup finals the year before that as a member of the Vegas Golden Knights. So guy who's you know always been a performer in the playoffs and just having a great season here with 18 goals and 26 assists. I believe he has more points than anyone else who's nominated for the Central Division, and indeed he does. So yeah, I got to go with Perron, and a lot of that has to do with with how much he's meant to the team. I like to to vote winning players and, and winning teams into this All Star game in addition to you know just looking at the numbers. So Perron's my guy there for the Central Division. You know, you certainly couldn't go wrong with a lot of these other choices. Patrick Lane having quite a season, 15 goals and 25 assists for the Jets. And we also talked to Chris from Locked On Avalanche not too long ago, and he kind of let us all know about Kale McCarr and just how good he is having an outstanding rookie season for the Avalanche with nine goals and 23 assists. I'm sure his day will come. He'll be an all-star yet, but my vote is going to go for David Perron in this category. And, you know, you could also make a case for somebody like Jonathan Taze. But again, you know, he's not having one of his best seasons. He's been an all-star in the past. So, yeah, I got to go David Perron in the Central Division. And that just leaves us with the Pacific Division. You've got Ryan Getzloff, Clayton Keller, Johnny Gaudreau, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Drew Doughty, Tomas Hurdle, Quinn Hughes, and Max Pacioretty. And maybe I'm a little biased here because I got to interview him a bunch of times and we're both from Connecticut, but Max Pacioretty is my selection there. He has gone to the Vegas Knights and really just kind of reignited his career. You know, he was a great player early in his career with the Canadians and kind of slipped a little bit in his last couple of seasons there. He was named the captain. I know him and P.K. Subban kind of butted heads a little bit while they were both on the Canadians, and it kind of just went sour, and for, for whatever reason, you know, the Canadians felt the need to trade him, but he's on the Knights now, and again, he's taken off just having an outstanding season, 19 goals and 25 assists. And the funny thing about that is you think Max Pacioretty and you think Sniper, but he's actually become a little bit more of a playmaker, a little bit more of a facilitator, and maybe just an even better all-around player really than he's ever been with the Knights. I believe he still has more points on the Knights than anybody else on the team. And the Knights got off to a little bit of a slow start this year, and they've really turned it on lately, and he's been a huge part of that. So going with Max Pacioretty for my last man in in the Pacific Division. So you guys can vote for whoever you want, obviously, but that's just uh, that's just my opinion on everything. And definitely go to NHL.com slash vote, make your voice heard. And above all else, let's get Mika Zibanejad into the All-Star game because he clearly deserves it. And whether we're Ranger bias or not, I think you can objectively look at this list and think that nobody deserves it more than he does, at least in the Metropolitan Division. So once again, vote for Mika. One other thing that I wanted to get into today is the Elias Anderson situation. And I, I know I said recently 
that we weren't really going to talk about him anymore because, you know, he basically just left the team. But I also mentioned in that episode that anytime news like this breaks, you're always just kind of waiting for that other shoe to drop. It's like, what exactly went on behind the scenes here? Is there something going on with Leah Anderson that is bigger than the game of hockey? Is there is he being mistreated either by teammates or by coaches? You just never really know for sure. And you kind of get the feeling that even when you hear news like this, that you haven't really heard the full story. And Anderson is recently, he's back in Sweden, and he recently did some interviews, and he's kind of vague in a lot of these interviews. But there are a few somewhat concerning things that he mentions. So I'm just going to go ahead and read you a couple of the quotes from various interviews that he did over in Sweden. So there's this one. People can say it's an idiotic decision for my hockey career, but they don't know the whole truth. There have been many incidents that have disturbed me. And then the interviewer asked Anderson, you know, if he had been bullied. And Anderson responded, I don't know what to say or what to answer. It's been tough. That's it. I will tell you when it's the right time. So again, you know, Anderson really kind of being vague here. But the fact that he didn't, you know, outright deny the bullying rumors, that is somewhat disturbing. You know, maybe he was picked on in the locker room by some of these guys. And Anderson apparently hesitated a long time when he was asked specifically about the bullying So that doesn't necessarily paint the biggest picture of, you know, the locker room. But it's hard because there's a really fine line. You know, if you've ever played sports, you know, whether at any level, really, you know that probably at some point or another, there's going to be some good-natured, you know, ribbing in the locker room or even on the field or whatever it might be. And guys tend to joke with each other quite a bit. But there's a fine line between that and just outright bullying. And it's possible that, you know, maybe some of these whatever happened there. And this is all just speculation. I can't emphasize that enough because we don't have any any specifics here. But, you know, is it possible that, you know, maybe some of his teammates were, were messing with him a little bit and he took it too hard? That's possible. It's also possible that some of his teammates took things way too far and that's what led to him, you know, leaving the team. We don't know. You know, we won't know until even more specifics come out about this. But when he hesitates to answer the bullying question, that does raise some eyebrows, certainly. And, you know, at no point during any of these interviews does he do anything to kind of put over his teammates and say like, oh, no, they were fine. They were great. You know, it had nothing to do with them. He never says anything like that. So it's possible that, you know, he feels like he was mistreated in the locker room, either by the players or by the coaching staff. Again, we, we just don't know right now. It's all speculation. But I think eventually the full details of this are going to come to light and we'll have more to talk about it at that time. Anderson also claimed that he was playing through a lower body injury to both of his feet. And then just to read one more quote here from Anderson, when you don't know the whole truth, it can look like a fool's decision. But I'm not a spoiled, expletive kid who complains about not being allowed to play hockey for the New York Rangers. That's not the thing. There are other factors. So again, he's being very vague here, and it's hard to really come forward with an opinion about this until we have all the facts The big thing for me was, you know, it doesn't, it's not a good look for any player when he just up and quits on the team. And, you know, I still don't think that that was necessarily the right decision for Leas Anderson to make. But again, we just don't know right now. And when all the details come to light on this situation, I think we'll be able to assess it in a more fair way. As of now, Anderson still remains suspended by the Rangers. He, of course, left the team and he's back in Sweden. And he, of course, signed a two-way deal. So he still has a year and a half left on that deal. 
and it's possible that the Rangers keep him suspended for the duration of that contract, in which case he would not be able to play hockey for the next year and a half. We'll see if maybe they can come to some kind of an understanding, some kind of a compromise where either Anderson returns to the team, although I don't know, everything I'm reading here, it kind of seems like that bridge has been burned. Maybe the Rangers look to trade him after all, but we'll see. I mean, the Rangers are under no obligation to do anything regarding Leas Anderson. They can simply keep him suspended for the next season and a half. But I do think with this situation, eventually the truth is going to come out and we will be able to better assess this, you know, from both sides. And and until then, you know, we kind of have to withhold judgment here and just, just see what happens and just be patient. And like I said, wait for the facts to come out. Shifting gears here, we're going to talk a little bit about the game against the Devils tonight. Indeed, Igor Shesterkin will make his second consecutive start. Henrik Lundqvist will back him up. Alex Georgiev will be a healthy scratch. The same goaltender alignment for the second consecutive game. And, of course, the Rangers coming off of that thrilling 5-3 win against the Avalanche on Tuesday, which broke a three-game losing streak. And Shesterkin was great in that game, and I'm all for him getting another start here tonight because the Rangers have gone with the hot hand approach at goalie all season, and I see no reason to deviate now, especially after Shesterkin had a successful debut and closed the game strong with just a great third period. And I said it in yesterday's episode, and I'll say it today too, roll with Shesterkin, let him build off of his successful debut, and if you're the Rangers, you really got to get a win tonight because... You know, don't be a great team like the Avalanche and then turn around and lose to the Devils. Now, the Devils have played a little bit better recently, although they have lost each of their last two games. They fell to the Avalanche 5-2 to at home on Saturday and then were defeated by the Islanders 4-3 to in overtime on Tuesday. No word yet on who starts in goal for the Devils. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood is 14-11-6 with a 2.86 goals against average and a 9.07 save percentage. And he's kind of become the de facto number one goalie in New Jersey. He's basically been the man there ever since the Devils essentially, I don't want to say gave up on Corey Schneider, but they, they kind of did. I mean, his play has been declining. They put him on waivers. He went unclaimed, and he's now in the AHL team after just a miserable start to the season. And he's been on the decline for quite some time now. And it's hard to know what really happened there, but bottom line, Mackenzie Blackwood has took over. If it's not Blackwood tonight, then the Rangers will be going up against Louis Domingue. Blackwood was at the dentist for a three-hour procedure on Wednesday, and so the Devil's not sure if he's going to be ready to go here tonight, but we'll keep an eye on that. Either way, you know, neither goalie has exactly set the world on fire this season, so the Rangers, favorable goaltending matchup, throw the puck at the net. You know, we've been talking about that, and I think that applies double when you're up against, to be fair, a subpar goalie. So that'll pretty much do it for today. Enjoy the game tonight. Go Rangers. Let's get another big two points here at home against a division rival. And we will be back here to talk about it with a new episode tomorrow. So once again, thanks for joining in. If you want to get in touch with the podcast, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter at LONYRangers. Again, that is at LONYRangers. Thanks again for tuning in. See you next time.